Welcome, dear friends, to the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast hosted by three gentlemen for whom the very wheel itself bends around. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Bill, Rob, and Rich. Hello, everyone in Randland. Welcome back. This is the Taviren, a Wheel of Time podcast. I am your host for today's episode, Rob. We are doing it solo again today. Uh, we are looking to try and get back to having multiple hosts. I know we kind of surprised everybody with the uh, full group on Chapter 40 and then have been giving you solos since then, but we are trying to get our schedules in line. We are trying to get back to a regular two-host pod, hopefully next week. This chapter, this week, we're going to be going over Chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions. When last we left Bill, the party was in the library at the Queen's Blessing, and Ma Rain had come up with the idea of using something called the Ways to get everybody out of town quick and ask Loyal for his help in guiding them, to which Loyal abjectively said no. He said that path is consumed by shadow and he will not go into the Ways. You know, then you can also hear the dun-dun-dun. And now we open up for chapter 43. Chapter 43 picks up immediately after chapter 42 ends. But before we get into all that, I have a new iTunes review to uh, talk about. So we do have ourselves a new iTunes review. It is a five-star review, and it is from a gentleman by the name of Eric Slater. And it is called An Epic Podcast for an Epic Series. If you've been hesitant about diving into the deep lore and rich storytelling of Robert Jordan's epic Wheel of Time series, this podcast just might motivate you to take the leap. It's an ambitious project, but these guys make the journey worth the while. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate the kind words, and I appreciate the five stars. As always, you guys can uh, share your love with us and let us know how we're doing. Apple Podcasts, five-star reviews, four, three, two, one, doesn't matter how many stars... As long as you're posting your thoughts and anything that you think can make this a better podcast. In Wheel of Time news, it seems that the Twitter of Time or the, the Wheel of Time on Prime Twitter account, you see, we're getting to see a lot of bonding tweets, pictures of cast members and of staff going out to dinner, you know, joking around on the set. And it seems to be that everybody's kind of gelling into a, a nice happy family, which is insanely good news for fans of this show. All we need is to have some negativity come out. You know, this person can't work with this person, or this person is not as what we thought. We might have to recast, you know, none of that. We're getting, Egwene is going out to dinner with Nynaeve, and Perrin shows up. There is a series of uh, pictures of, of uh, Joshua, at the dinner table at a restaurant making kind of weird faces and then the uh, hashtag Twitter at time have gone crazy with that. Just hilarious stuff. I love the family feeling. I love the camaraderie. I love, it seems like budding friendships are happening just from being on this set. So that just fills my heart with happiness and, and even fuels the fervor more to, to get any kind of leaks or any kind of tidbits, I should say from, from the set. I will admit I was one of the many people optimistically watching the Super Bowl commercials in hopes for a teaser. Wasn't meant to be. That's all right. 
I'll be there waiting to cheer on as, and, and spread the word as soon as a teaser trailer drops in the mainline media. Don't worry, I'll be there waiting with, with the uh, foam finger going, yeah, god damn it, yeah, waving it in the air, telling people to check it out because it's going to be epic. So as I mentioned, chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions. This chapter picks up immediately after the end of chapter 42, where Loyal gives his, his, his doom and gloom uh, thoughts on traveling through the ways. So he, we leave on that kind of cliffhanger and pick it right back up. After ending the last chapter with Loyal's gloomy proclamation regarding the ways, Mulrane implores with Loyal that he is the only one present with the knowledge of the ways and the only one that can get them out of Cainlin that isn't certain doom. And it was at this point in the beginning, and I, I kind of talked to Bill, and I said, hey, maybe it's another time for, for the tellings of the wheel with Bill. But Loyal goes into storyteller mode here, and he gives us a quick history of the ways and the ways gate and the way gate. During the time of madness, male Aes Sedai retreated into the steadings to avoid going into madness. Now, as we know, or as we're beginning to learn, as Loyal says, there is a time known as the time of madness. I'm going to try and tiptoe through this here. As we know, in the current setting, in the current time, male channelers or men who can wield the one power are shunned upon. And that is going back to this, this time era known as the time of madness, where if men could channel, they would slowly become insane and lose control of their faculties. And someone that can wield the one power, but loses control of their faculties, is a dangerous, dangerous person. And the world had to kind of adapt around this new thing, <laughs> lack of a better term. Knowing that, as we know now, Steadings, you can't reach the one power in Steadings because when Egway entered it, she wasn't really up. She wasn't really know what was going on until Elias said, you're in a Steading, dear. You won't be able to touch the one power here. Men, during the time of madness, who were going crazy thought, well, if I go to the steading, that can slow down the process or maybe outright just stop it and I can live a pseudo-normal life while in the steadings. The Ogier at the time were very gracious and, and humble hosts and let the men come into their steadings and let them try to harbor or control the madness and try to, as they wanted to, live a, live a somewhat normal life. As thanks for the Ogier, the male Aes Sedai created an entity known as the Ways. More or less, it's a quick travel tool for ease of travel across all of Randland. Drawing on my video game experience, if you were to play The Witcher 3, they have signposts all over the world in The Witcher 3, and you can go to one of these signposts, and you can immediately fast travel to any other signpost you've visited before sort of the same same theory here but a little little more involved you would go in one way gate and you would come out another way gate based on where you were trying to go to now while you were traveling between way gates you could travel hundreds upon thousands of miles that in the real world would take you weeks or months to traverse but going through the way gates you could do this in maybe a day or two so time and space are kind of 
shaped a little differently in the ways, but it was the male's Aes Sedai gift to to the Ogier to say, here's something we made for you to help you guys move around a little more inconspicuously or a little more quicker, a little more ease of travel. As we'll, as we've found out, due to the taint on the male one on the male's Aes Sedai's true true power, the one power, going to the steadings kept them from channeling, but did not stop the madness. So the darkness from the taint, and that the males Aes Sedai used to create the way gates, the darkness and taint of the taint fed into that magic, and the ways themselves started to fall into, into darkness. This includes talk, I don't know if it's Machin or Machin, but Machin Shin, the black wind, now being present within the waves. And this is very similar to the time at Shadar Logoth, when the party got separated the first time by the black wind or the black smoke. Malrain was very clear, do not touch. It is almost pure, unadulterated evil. Do what you have to do to get away from it. Don't touch it. And we had that one scene where Brand and Matt were being chased by Trollocs and the Machin Shin was chasing everybody it came upon the trollocs and i think i forget the exact uh wordage but the noise and the sounds of the trollocs being taken over by the black wind was almost too much to bear what loyal has is basically telling us is that yes this and this way of transportation exists yes i'm an ogier i can get us to where we need to go but the risk is just too much encountering the black wind or the or machin shin within the ways is not pleasant it is no way in shape or form the way that loyal wants to to to, to experience or to end his life at all even after talk even after loyal lays down the bleakness of the plan that maureen puts in front of them the boys stay resolute and agree to follow Bahrain into the ways. Now, once again, stones think that two rivers folk are stubborn. So once once a two rivers person puts their foot down, it's pretty hard to change their mind. The one the one thing that Bahrain mentions, and I don't know if Bill mentioned this in the last chapter, was that they really are between a rock and a hard place. They can't stay in Camelin because, as we'll find out, Elida Sadai will eventually find Rand, and then at this point now we'll find two other Tavagrin and a fellow sister, and we'll start to raise the flag and question all that, but if left in the city, she will find Rand again, and we'll start to exploit exploit him for, you know, whatever she, whatever necessities she believes she has. The party cannot leave Camelot. Since Matt brought the dagger into Camelin, it has, even though Maureen has done some magic with it, the damage as far as announcing the whereabouts have already been made. All kinds of denizens of the Dark One are posted outside each of the gates in Camelin. They wouldn't make it 10 miles before they were descended upon with numbers that they cannot control. So they can't stay. They can't leave out the gate. Maureen's logic is, well... The ways are not our best option, but they are our only option. And I think the boys 
kind of have that same kind of mentality as us. At least it may suck going through the waves, but we actually have a chance, a, a, you know, or as I like to say, a, a, a fighter's chance to go through the waves. Moraine implies the naive and Egwene that they are also still important, still important to the pattern. They may not be Taviren, although she doesn't dismiss it. You may not be Taviren, or at least not yet. I think that's how she words it. But you are still very, very important to the pattern. And the girls, without a thought, also agree to go with Moraine into the ways. We have a complete, complete set. Everybody is ready to go. They're down for... <laughs> All right, let's go into the... Bleak absolute darkness and hope not to die. <laughs> After seeing all this transpire between the Emmons fielders, Moraine and Lan, and the last one now standing, Loyal finally agrees to tag along. I can almost see the ear tufts kind of sag because I like I like the way Jordan has Loyal's emotions show on his face with the ears. You know, it'll perk up or it'll sag or depending on whether he's happy or sad or excited. That's always kind of funny, but in this, I can almost see Loyal looking around the room and seeing everybody saying, we'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it. And the uh, and the ears kind of, oh, okay, I'll take you. The kind of kind of reaction. So though he agrees to tag along, although he is he is excited at the prospects of uh, viewing Tavaren in action. He was very excited and asked to tag along when Rand, when he was just one guy, one Tavaren, he wanted to see what all the hubbub was about with Taviren. Now he's in a room with three Taviren, all from the same town. He's not happy about going in the ways, but you can tell he's excited at the prospects of seeing three Taviren intermingle. And how's that going to affect the pattern? Because if one goes this way and the other goes this, oh my goodness, how's that going to be? This is a once in a, a once in an age type of event. I can't believe I get to get to follow three Taviren and see how that goes. The rest of this chapter. And similar to yeah, B Bill, yeah, I'm sorry that I stuck you with the, what you considered a, a, a boring chapter, but this is more a continuation of that chapter where it's a lot of a lot of talking. I can see, in the grand scheme of things, this not being the most entertaining chapter to maybe put into the TV show, but it is a necessary one because you need to know what the ways are. The resoluteness of, of the Emmonsfielders to say, this is the way we go. This is the way we got to do it. So they begin to plan. So everyone begins to plan. During the planning process, Rand pulls Egwene aside. And he implores that that you don't have to follow me into the ways. I mean, I know you're on your little adventure. And woohoo, you know, you get to have some fun outside of, of Emmonsfield. But you don't have to do this. You can go straight to Tarvalon. They're not after you. They're after us. Go be an Aes Sedai. Go, go follow your dreams. Egwene tells Rand that she and Nynaeve are important, just like just like Malrain Sedai says. But the funniest part is, after he tells her and he implores her to, to, to not follow them, don't be a hero, go on to Tarvalon, my first reaction that I thought Egwene would have was to be, you wool-headed sheep herder, of course I'm going to follow you. You think I'm going to leave you guys in a time of need? No, her, her, her immediate response is, who is Elaine? And why didn't you tell me about men? And I can almost see Rand like, uh, uh um, well, uh, Elaine is the daughter heir to the throne of Andor. You know, 
And, she, and Edwin's like, oh my god, your boys are so stupid, and just kind of storms off. And Rand's like, what? I told her the truth. What's the problem with that? I love the way that Rand has this endearing moment where he's trying to implore with her not to be the hero. And instead, she she fires back with, well, who's Elaine? Who's Min? Why didn't you tell me about Min in the first place? Why'd I have to find out from other people? Huh? Hmm? 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 Why? 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 Of course, you know, I wish Perry was here. He handled this better than I could. As serious as the topic was about talking about the taint and the ways and Machin Shin and, and evil, you get this little bud of just humor, boy-girl banter back and forth, which is just gold to me. Rand's like, don't be a hero. Well, who who's these women you're talking to? It's such good stuff, and it's such beauty to see that peppered in to the storyline. It's just awesome. So after everybody plans, and they agree that they're leaving before first light the next morning, everybody puts in for bed. And after the boys go to bed for the night, they each get caught up in another Balsamon dream. Now in the previous chapter with, with Bill, uh, I think when they mentioned to Rain that they were having trouble with dreams, she mentions... Just defy him. Just defy him. Not justify. Just defy him. If you accept if you accept him in your dream state, you've taken the first step to accepting him in the real world. Okay, okay I guess so. As Rand is dreaming, or he's sleeping, and he starts to go into this dream, he is getting better experienced at recognizing what a Balsamon dream is. He knows he's not in the waking world. He knows he's not in a normal dreamscape, but he's somewhere in between, which means that Balsamon is going to start to mess up. Yep, there he is, just like I thought. So Rand is getting better at recognizing it, which is the first knowing is half the battle type of thing. As Rand approaches, he sees a table, and on the table are three figurines. One is holding a heron-marked sword. The second is clutching a dagger to its chest. And the third has a wolf next to him. Now, very important note here, Rand does not approach the table. Instead, he directly engages with Balsamon. Looks at him and says, I defy you! I defy you! I am defying you! And Balsamon just laughs and finds it just so humorous that simply saying out loud, I defy you, would be enough to thwart him. You know? <laughs> Foolish boy! You think it's that easy to take care of me? <laughs> After realizing that the I defy you isn't working, or seems to not be working, we start to get into some more, lack of a better term, generic bad guy shtick. Follow me, bend the knee to me, and you will rule all. You will be the number two person in the entire world. Beneath me, of course. You know, that whole, you know, that whole spiel. Balsamon also once again claims that the Aes Sedai will use him. Now, what's important about this is not only that he's hearing it for the second time, but he's now hearing it after meeting other Aes Sedai. Because at this point, I wouldn't say Rand has complete trust in Ma Rain. But he has enough trust in Ma Rain that he would defend her, he would help her out, he would fight for her. And he has somewhat of a level of trust. But after his time in the court with Elida, 
he now is realizing that Aes Sedai aren't all the same. That coupled with him hearing from a few other sources that he should steer clear of the Red Aja, and of course Elida is of the Red Aja, and he did not get a good feeling after talking to her. It was more of like a, oh crap, what's she about? Why, why, why is she looking at me like that? I don't feel good about this. And now Balzaman saying, I Sedai are going to use you. Plants a little bit of doubt in his mind. Oh, yeah, I kind of felt that way after meeting Elida, but I don't know about this. And then Balzaman mentions the Black Aja. And they're always lurking in the shadows. The Black Aja is an entity that is not publicly known. Balzaman claims they exist, are lurking in the shadows. So now Rand's like, did I meet one already? Oh God, what the hell am I doing? We get this dream that starts and Rand is, I defy, I defy, I defy. And Balzaman just, whatever, dude, that, that's just words that are nothing. Balzaman starts to pick away at Rand's defenses, telling him that the Aes Sedai are gonna, are gonna use you again. Coupled with his encounter with Elida, now takes a little bit more of a shape, a little bit more of a form in his mind, that of a possibility. I'll give you everything you ever wanted. Bend the knee to me. I'll make you the number two person in all of the world. Not that that's really helping anything with Rand bending the knee, but he's starting to pick away at, at, at Rand's defenses. And then I guess Rand gets the sensation that he's falling, 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 and then he, boom, he wakes up. He has rolled out of bed and fallen on the floor, thud, and jolts up. Oh, oh, oh. God, it was just a dream. Oh, Jesus Christ. So as he jolts awake, he's lying on the floor next to his bed. And he sees Matt, Matt in bed, and Matt's struggling. He's having his version of the Balzaban dreaming, and he's like, it's like uh, I'll defy you. Uh, I defy you. No, I defy you. No, 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 no! And he bolts awake. And Rand's right there. Oh, I'm sorry. Dude, it's like, where you're awake. It's me. It's Rand. You're awake. He's gone. And Matt, Matt is awake and realizes that the dream is over, but he is freaking out. Apparently, in Matt's dream, he approached the table and picked up the figurine holding the dagger. And at that, Balzaman's like, ha ha ha, I now know who you are, young man. <laughs> naughty, naughty boy you are. Apparently, in the dream, Matt's face was now imprinted on the figurine. And in some weird, trippy scope of reality, Matt's consciousness went into the figurine and he was looking at himself, holding himself, which is some LSD, who knows what, but that's got, that would freak me out. And that was about the time that Matt wakes up. He tells Rand, he knows who I am now. He knows my face. He knows who I am now. Why did I pick up the figurine with the dagger? Why? And it's not mentioned at this point, but we already know that Balzaman knows that Perrin is the one with the wolf. Now that Matt has told him he's the one with the dagger, process of elimination, Rand is the one with the heron-marked sword. Accidentally, Matt gave Balzaman the faces to each of the three people that he's tracking now, and he's able to, all right, that guy's a wolf guy, 
He's the dagger guy. You are the Heron Mark sword guy. All right, I know where you guys are. What you guys are doing this said now. As he fell out of the bed, Rand found himself that he had injured his hand by a splinter. This may or may not have been part of the dream. He believes it was when he fell out of the bed. When Rand removes the splinter, the wound continues to bleed, but the splinter vanishes into thin air. And it's more like one of those waking dreams and something happens in the dream, but, you know, it's kind of a tropey thing in the movies, but something happens in the dream and then they wake up and the effects from what happened in the dream are still there. This is taken up a notch because he literally takes a splinter out. The wound is still there, but the splinter that caused the wound ceases to exist. And it's more like, a, oh my God, what the hell have we gotten ourselves into, Matt? And it was about this time, Moraine happens to pop her head in at that time, says, ah, oh, you guys are awake, great. We're leaving in 10. Get ready, get downstairs. And now it's a, a, Matt's like, what, it's only been an hour. She's like, hour? I gave you guys like four or five hours. Dawn's coming. We got to go. She helps She helps Ran with his injury. They tell her, you know, about the dream and did what we could. And the chapter ends as the boys start to gear up and get ready to leave. Thus, the end of chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions. That will lead us into readings with Rob. I thoroughly enjoyed readings with Bill. Hey, if he wants to, he wants to give that a shot more often, I'm all for it. But... Here we go. Chapter 43, Readings with Rob. And now, the Taveren present to you Readings with Rob. Chapter 43, Decisions and Apparitions. For a moment there was silence but for the cat purring besides Ma Rain's chair and the snap and crackle of the fire popping out sparks. Then Nynaeve burst out angrily. And you expect us to follow you in the dark? You must be mad! Which would you choose instead? Ma Rain asked quietly. The white cloaks within Camelin, or the Trollocs without? Remember that my presence in itself gives some protection from the Dark One's works. Nynaeve settled back with an exasperated sigh. You still have not explained to me, Loyal said, why I should break the Edict of the Elders. And I have no desire to enter the ways. Muddy as they often are, the roads men make have served me well enough since I left steading Shangtai. Humankind and Ogier, everything that lives, we are at war with the Dark One, Marain said. The greater part of the world does not even know it yet, and most of the few who do fight skirmishes and believe they are battles. While the world refuses to believe, the Dark One may be at the brink of victory. There is enough power in the eye of the world to undo his prison. If the Dark One has found some way to bend the eye of the world to its use... Rand wished the lamps in the room were lit. Evening was creeping over Camelin, and the fire in the fireplace did not give enough light. He wanted no shadows in the room. What can we do? Matt burst out. Why are we so important? Why do we have to go to the Blight? The Blight! Maureen did not raise her voice, but it filled the room compelling. Her chair by the fire suddenly seemed like a throne. Suddenly, 
even Morgase would have paled in her presence. One thing we can do, we can try. What seems like chance is often the pattern. Three threads have come together here, each giving a warning. The eye. It cannot be chance. It is the pattern. You three did not choose. You were chosen by the pattern. And you are here, where the danger is known. You can step aside and perhaps doom the world. Running, hiding will not save you from the weaving of the pattern. Or you can try. You can go to the eye of the world. Three Tavirin, three center points of the web, placed where the danger lies. Let the pattern be woven around you there, and you may save the world from the shadow. The choice is yours. I cannot make it for you. I cannot make you go. I'll go, Rand said, trying to sound resolute. However hard he sought the void, images kept flashing through his head. Tam, and the farmhouse, and the flock in the pasture. It had been a good life. He had never really wanted anything more. There was a comfort, a small comfort, hearing Perrin and Matt add their agreement to his. They sounded as dry-mouthed as he. I suppose there isn't any choice for Edwin or me, either, Nynaeve said. Marbrain nodded. You are part of the pattern, too. Both of you, in some fashion. Perhaps not Tarveren, perhaps. But strong even so. I have known it since Berlon, and no doubt by this time the Fade knew it too, and Baalzaman. Yet you have as much choice as the young men. You could remain here. Proceed to Tarvalon once the rest of us have gone. Stay behind, Egwene exclaimed. Let the rest of you go off into danger while we hide under the covers. I won't do it. She caught the eyes to die eye and drew back a little. But not all of her defiance vanished. I won't do it, she muttered stubbornly. I suppose that means both of us will accompany you. Nynaeve sounded resigned, but her eyes flashed when she added, You still need my herbs, I die, unless you suddenly gain some ability I don't know about. That was Readings with Rob. If there's a passage in an upcoming chapter you wish to have read on the podcast, simply tweet us at TavirenPod with your request. All right. That about does it for my little spiel today. Let me turn the page of my notes. Chapter 44 next week, The Dark Along the Ways. Uh, the boys make it into the way gate. Um, see what happens once they find out where it is and what happens once they go inside. I am working on bringing back Mr. Richard himself, and hopefully he and I can tackle chapter 44. A little more setup, a little more action in that chapter. So without further ado, I will be going. I am, what's what am I going to do? I'm going to, I will sit down and lose horribly at Stones with Loyal. That's what I'm going to do. All right, guys. Goodbye. Now that our heroic trio have left the familiar confines of the two rivers, they find themselves being chased by all sorts of denizens of the Dark One. Our party has been scattered, and the boys separated from Marvrain and Lan. 
Let us hope that luck, or some other force, can keep them safe. Uh, Bill? Bill? Billiam! Put that dagger down! You have no idea where in creation that's been! No, no, Rich. I don't have an extra cloak with me. Maybe if you didn't ride your horse straight into the Aranel, you wouldn't have this problem, hmm? For crying out loud, Robert, I know that girl from Berlon said weird things to you, but you shouldn't let it get under your skin so much. What are you, eleven? You all remind me of a younger version of myself. Why, back in Watch Hill, I would... Hello, my name's Bill. Uh, I'm, uh, you know, I'm here in the UK doing UK things, not being eaten by giant people. And I'm Tyler in the US, also not being eaten by giant people. And we host The Coordinate, an Attack on Titan podcast, where we are... Hold on a second, Tyler. Hold on. There's some weird noises going on outside the door. Let let me just go check it out quickly. (sighs) Ah! 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 It's Twitter, Troy Titan. Ah, ah, my leg. Ah, he's eating my leg. Ah, Bill. No. Mm. Oh, oh, it's gone. He's eating my bloody leg, Tyler. Troy's eating my leg. Oh. Uh, anyways, uh, we're a monthly podcast where we read ah. an arc of the manga oh. a month, try to get Bill caught up. Uh, Bill, you want to tell them where they can find us? Uh, what? What? You what? What, what, what do you want? Where can people listen to the podcast? <laughs> I don't. Uh, oh, I don't have a clue. Oh, he's going to eat me! He's going to eat me! Oh. Oh. Why are there so many cats in here? Oh, God, I hope he's uh, here. Get, can I get a new co-host? This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at ProbablyWork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called ProbablyWork.com. <laughs>